0: In our earlier passage this morning, we were looking at Leviticus, where I was talking about be holy as I am holy. And this morning, the topic of our sermon is that, be holy because I am holy. I don't know about you, but that's a little bit intimidating. Think about it. Here we have God, the creator of the universe, who is saying to each one of us in this room, be holy as I am holy. And if you're like me, you're just kind of going, how? What does that mean? mean, It's like, how how am I even going to get to a place like that? And so this morning, I want to look at that concept. We'll be looking out of the book of 1 Peter But I came across an article by Joel Skendret, who works for InterVarsity Press, talking about holiness in a little bit of a different way. Listen to what he says. Prior to any consideration of morality, biblical holiness describes a unique relationship that God has established and desires with his people. Not primarily morality, right and wrong, but relationship. This relationship has moral ramifications, but it precedes moral behavior. Before we are called to be good, we are called to be holy. Interesting. Unless we rightly understand and affirm the primacy of this relationship, we fall into the inevitable trap of reducing holiness to mere morality. With these thoughts in mind, we begin to see how much more God is asking of us than mere morality. As long as our notions of holiness are limited to doing certain things and not doing other things, we can go through our entire lives obeying the rules, or at least maintaining the appearance of doing so, without dealing with far more fundamental questions. Whose are we? To whom do we give our first love and loyalty? relationship with God, holiness. That word holy, it means to be set apart. It means to be dedicated to God. It means to belong, in a sense, to God. And so as we begin to look through this passage, I would like us to look through the lenses of relationship, a personal relationship, living relationship between you and Almighty God. And that will help us as we begin to understand this concept of holiness. So we're looking at 1 Peter. We'll be looking from chapter 1 and verses 1 through 16. So you can follow along in your Bibles. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to him to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So here Peter is giving this incredible short little introduction that is packed full of relationship it's interesting it's not a letter to one group or one city or one country even but he's writing this letter to be uh spread out through the entire region kids you have a map on your, on your sheets, you can look up where Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia is on your map. You can show your parents where they are. So Peter is writing to these people who are in this dispersion, Christians that have moved out. But what does he call them? He calls to them, you are the elect of God. That word elect, it basically means chosen. And I I hope that we can just kind of add to Bithynia and Galatia and Cappadocia, Abu Dhabi. And that this is for us. This is God's word for us. And for those of us that are sitting in this room, there's this incredible divine sense that God has chosen each one of us think about that the God who created the universe is that interested in you and me and the people sitting next to you and around you it is dripping with relationship this God is described as our father our father that's his choice he wants us to relate to him that way. He wants us to call him Father. He wants that kind of experience between us and Peter says that it is our father that according to his foreknowledge, we are chosen. so not only is it god 's heart to do that because of incredible love that he has, that God, before time, has put into place his plan, his perfect plan, his purpose. And that purpose is to be with his creation forever and ever and ever in eternity in perfect harmony, unity, and love. That is his desire. That is his purposes and his plan. And he has created us in his image, and he has given us free choice. And he knows that sin is part of that. And he knows that God the Son would have to come as a result of that. All of that in God's mind, all of that functioning on behalf of you. And then we see that he moves on and he talks about in the sanctification of the Spirit... So here is the role of the Holy Spirit given by God the Father and God the Son to us, to indwell us, to lead us, to guide us, to cleanse us, to make us more like Christ. The role of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and he talks about for what? God's purposes, God's foreknowledge, the the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit is for Obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. And so we have the three persons of the Trinity God the Father, who is uh, directing the purposes and the grand scheme, and the Holy Spirit, who is indwelling us and making things happen right now. And here we have God the Son, who died on the cross for us, who shed his blood for us. And so we have in this little phrase concerning Jesus, we have obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of his blood. And that sounds a little word, maybe putting those things together. But actually, this has been all throughout the Bible, this concept. We can go back to Moses in Exodus chapter 24 and verse 6. Listen to what he says. Exactly the same two things. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses then took the blood and threw it, sprinkled it on the people, and he said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And so we have this incredible picture from the Old Testament fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ that as we are covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are covered to be able to walk in obedience through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these things given to us freely almighty God because he loves us it's all about that relationship that he has with us so we go on in in verse 3 and Peter is saying blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be God. It's God's mercy. That mercy is applying to really our sin, isn't it? Because when Jesus died for us, we weren't very good people, were we? We actually were still people in darkness, still people that were living for ourselves and in sin. And it's at that point where God has mercy. When we deserve something else, he gives us good things. And then he says that he brings us to himself that we would be born again. New life, church. Life has changed. It's new. It's special. It's spiritual. We have been born again when we come into that relationship with Jesus. Do you remember the time where you were born again? Do you remember that time where that truth, that reality came into your heart? For me I remember very clearly I grew up in a church that did not really believe this was the word of God it was just a good book and then one weekend we had actually some people who believed in the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and it was a youth meeting I was 12 years old and they came and they talked about how I was a sinner I needed a savior Jesus died on the cross for me and I never heard that before And I remember sitting there and hearing this. And it came to the the end of the program, and the people who were leading it were saying, are there anyone here who would like to come and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior? And some of the kids would get up, and they went down, and they went on their knees in the front of the church. And I'm watching all of that, and I'm just going, is it true? Is it true? So I got up, and I left the church went out of the sanctuary, and I went out into the foyer. And then I just said, okay, God, are you real? Is this really true? God, if this is really true, I want you to have that youth leader who was in the church praying with all those people, I want you to have him come to me and say, Kevin, do you want to accept Christ? That was my prayer way outside out in the foyer before I finished saying that prayer someone was tapping me on the shoulder and I turned and I looked and it was a youth leader and he said Kevin would you like to come to Jesus I knew I knew that that was true there was a God. That God, God loved me, and he wanted me to follow him and be one of his children. And I went back into the church, and I got down on my knees, confessing the sins. Of course, I, you know, I was only 12. It wasn't like I'd murdered anybody yet or anything like that. But just this sense of coming before God. And then I can still have that feeling, that sense of incredible freedom. And that incredible joy, which I now know, is actually that presence of Almighty God coming and living inside of us. That's what it means to be born again. And that is what Peter's talking about here. And this is talking about our relationship. When we think about what it means to be holiness, forget the morality, forget the list of things that need to be done, and focus first, first. Do we have that desire, that heartbeat to be close, part of Almighty God? To be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember, Peter's talking to believers here, and he goes on. He's saying, not only do you have this incredible hope because you've been born again, but you have a future in heaven. You have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. If you're having a bad day, just sit down and think about that. You know, Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Paul, writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, he says, But at it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. You guys, heaven is going to be more glorious than we can ever dream of and imagine here. God is planning for it. He's building for it. He has things for each one of us there that It's just going to blow us away. It will make this time on earth seem like nothing. And so let's hold on to that, that our God, saving us now, our salvation isn't quite complete until we're with him face to face. We get rid of these old bodies, get the new ones, and we're with him for eternity. But what he's doing right now for us then, And he goes on and and he says that by God's power we are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, when we have that focus that, yeah, I'm a sojourner here. I'm going through this time. But my real home is going to be there. And I'm looking to that day. And that is my hope and all things are going to become right at that time. And it is my God that is making that happen in me right now. And It is my God who is preparing all of that. It's a different mindset to get up to that every day. Because the problem is that in the lives that we have here, we have problems, don't we? Anybody here have problems? <laughs> well, even problems... We come to that now in verse 6. In this you rejoice, that salvation that is coming. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, and glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What an incredible picture this is. Instead of seeing ourselves as victims when all of the difficult things that the world can throw at us, if we can see ourselves as gold that is actually being refined and every negative horrible, difficult thing that happens to us along the way is the fire. And that fire is affecting us. When I was in high school, I worked at a a, a place during the summer in a printing presses, and my job at night, in the middle of the night after they had run the, the typing machines, was to collect the metal from these machines, and I would take it over and I would put it into a furnace, and in that furnace, it would, it would melt that metal down. And then I would pour the metal back into molds, and then they would use them in the machines the next day. And I saw it. I saw how the metal responded to the heat, and it melted. And then I saw how the impurities would rise to the top, and it would be like a froth on the top of this beautiful silver-type metal. And I would just get in, and I would just scoop off the, these impurities until I could pour the pure metal into the forms. If we look at those things that come our way that test us as fire, but if we see God here and we see ourselves here and then we see this pressure and if we look at that as an opportunity to push us closer to God, to understand our God, to rely on our God, to trust in our God, even when the problems are like mountains, then God works in our heart. The Holy Spirit is sanctifying us, making us more like Christ. So we don't play a victim card. We say, no, my God is in control. And my God, even now, is working in my heart. And if he decides to take me home today, he takes me home today. But my God is working. So let's not, when the fire comes, back away. Because it will come to all of us. It's part of still being here. But when we go through the fire, it also says that you may be, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is that last day again. That is when we are finally face to face. And that glory and that honor is something that we share in. There are results. There are ramifications of the suffering that we go through and as we continue to walk and serve and follow Almighty God. So then he goes on in verse 10. Now concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them That they were serving, not themselves, but you. In the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. You know, that last little phrase. You know, the angels, they see God. They, they, they understand his glory. They, they understand heaven. Heaven is, is their home. And they've been that way since God created them. And yet, those same angels, when they think about you and me, they don't quite understand. And this word, it says, the angels are longing to look Think about being at a cricket match or a football match and you have people and they're straining their necks to try to see what's going on. That's what this word means. That's what the angels are doing when they think of you and the relationship you have with Almighty God. Do we really grasp who we are? Created in the image of God. And it all is pointing, really, to that day. That day when this world is over, we will stand face to face with Christ. Eternity, future is going to start for us. And all along the way, we have had this relationship with Almighty God who pulled us out of the gutter, who forgave us our sins through the blood of Christ, who gave us the Spirit to work with us and has guarded our hearts all along the way in this process. It's all about that relationship. That is the context now. For be holy as I am holy. Verse 13, therefore, all these things we've just discussed, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded or self-disciplined, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Preparing your minds for action. Again, I love these word pictures. The word picture there is gird up your loins. It's kind of think of, think of an Arab guy with his dish dash, and he's going to run. He's got to pull it up, tuck it in the belt to be able to run. That's what we need to do to our minds. We need to gird up our minds. We need to be self-disciplined in our minds. And we need to set our hope not on jobs, not on finances, not on world peace, not on anything that is around us, but we set our hope fully on that day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. So therefore, we've done that. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. You see, when it's all about relationships, it's not about just ticking a box saying, I went to church or I was nice to my neighbor. It is all about I'm moving closely into the arms of the living God. And I'm going deep into a relationship with him, and as I do that, all of a sudden, this God who is merciful, his mercy comes into me, and it flows out of me, and it flows to other people. And as I come close to God and his compassion, and he's a compassionate God, that compassion comes out through me, and it goes, and it affects those people around me. And as I get closer to God and I begin to understand what love is and justice and righteousness and in that desire to be with him, it will flow through me and it will flow to other people. And the obedience comes. But the obedience comes only as I move close to be with him because I love him. And I want to be with him. I want to be set aside for him, consecrated to him belonging to him. You see, that kind of desire, each one of us here, we can do that. Be holy as I am holy. We want to set goals for the year. What were your dreams in 2018? We talked about last week, this week. How can you move closer to God? How can you desire to to say, that's where I want to be in light of, all that God has done for us and the relational aspect of God, how can we go deep in that relationship with him that he will, by degree, 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 change us and mold us to be more like Christ? Father God, we thank you. Lord, that you have loved us so much. Father, thank you that you have given us a new life. Father, I would just pray through your Holy Spirit right now, if there was someone here this morning who, who doesn't quite understand that being born again, what that new life is all about, Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would just touch them right now. Lord, that you would tap them on the shoulder like you tapped me on the shoulder. And Lord, would you direct them to Gareth and to Carrie, to myself, to the elders today, that we can pray. Father, for for those of us that know you, oh God, hear our cry right now together. We want to be holy as you are holy. And we ask this in Jesus' name.